every day counts. The following program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. The views and medical recommendations of guests on Answers Live are not necessarily those of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. As always, consult your health professional regarding any medical decisions. Welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, making a partnership of good health. The studio lines are open for your calls and questions. Call 973-267-9687. Now, here's your host, Tom Wood. Good morning and welcome to Answers Live, your community medical connection, creating a partnership of good health. I'm your host, Tom Wood, from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. ANS is the largest neurosurgical group in the state with subspecialized care. Our main location is at 310 Madison Avenue in Morristown, New Jersey. Our main phone number is 973-285-7800. We have a lot of information on the web for you, so visit us at www.ansdocs.com. Again, that's www. ANSDocs.com. And again, don't let insurance dictate where you go. We see all patients. Okay, as usual, I'm very excited. I have another um, amazing guest on the show this morning, but I'm really excited today because it's one of our very own doctors from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists, Dr. Scott Meyer. Good morning, Dr. Meyer. Morning, Tom. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show today. Um, before we start, let our listeners know a little bit about who you are and your background. Sure. Uh, so I grew up in Rhode Island and subsequently uh, went to medical school at Brown University in Rhode Island. Uh, then did my uh, neurosurgical training uh, in New York City at uh, Mount Sinai Hospital. And uh, after residency training, I went out to San Francisco and did a complex and uh, minimally invasive spine fellowship at the University of California, San Francisco. Uh, and now practice uh, here in New Jersey. Okay. Um, Thank you again for coming on board. Today's topic we're going to be discussing is uh, a very popular one, uh, back pain. So many people are suffering from back pain. You read in the paper every day about uh, different stories about back pain, different treatments for back pain. It's becoming quite confusing. Um, let's get into the main question, though. What are some causes of back pain? Yeah, so uh, back pain is one of the most common things that, that people deal with on a day-to-day basis and one of the most common reasons why people actually seek medical attention. Uh, really, the problems can be multifactorial. Uh, it can be anything from a muscle strain that occurs uh, secondary to uh, lifting something heavy at work, um, potentially doing something uh, you know, in the athletic realm that, that you over uh, um, stress your back or it can be a sign of uh, aging with arthritis um, and uh, in some cases a sign of uh, spinal instability. It varies by the age of, uh, of the person um, and it can in sometimes produce debilitating pain um, that, that lasts for, for a long period of time and can really se- severely impact someone's quality of life. Okay. Um- as we're sitting here, like I said, I suffer from my own back pain uh, every morning. Um, for listeners um, with back pain, uh, the first thing you would want to run right away to the doctor. What are some hints from you that that people can kind of assess their back pain at home a little bit on their own? And what can they do um, before they, uh, like me, I, I sometimes live on Advil, which is probably not the best thing to do. But what are some hints for people listening? Yeah, I, I think generally uh, something that is that lasts for a long period of time should raise suspicion. Uh, you know, ev- everyone has at one point in their life strained their back. Uh, they have pain in, the, in the, their their lumbar region and their lower back. Uh, it they take a, a, a Tylenol, they take an ibuprofen. The the pain resolves over the course of a few days. Well. 
in, in that circumstance, it probably doesn't make a tremendous sense to to run to a doctor to have that assessed. However, um, any any signs of uh, pain or numbness, tingling uh, that's radiating into your legs, uh, people uh, will often say, you know, I have sciatica. It's just sciatica, um, and in 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 common parlance, that that. That means, well, it's nothing serious. However, it, you know, a week doesn't go by where I don't see a patient who has uh, a lumbar spinal problem um, that they just assumed was part of the aging process. But it's something that's pot- potentially amenable to uh, uh, various forms of therapy that can make it better. And they've been, unfortunately, living with pain that they didn't necessarily have to live with. Uh, in some circumstances, I, it, it ends up being something where, to your point with the ibuprofen, where you know, I find out a patient's been, been taking Advil for the last you know, six months of their life and, you know, it's something like a herniated disc that, that doesn't get better, it doesn't go away and they've been unfortunately living in pain um, it, rather than seeking appropriate medical attention. So I would say that if it doesn't go away within a week or so um, and, you know, there are things that we'll try such as muscle relaxants initially, some what we call non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, um, things like ibuprofen, uh, naproxen, uh, those those types of uh, medications and if that's not working, then, then that's time to seek uh, you know, a specialist um, a view at that point because uh, what you don't want to do is live with pain that you don't have to live with. Okay, that leads them to another question of mine. Um, working at Atlantic Neurosurgical, um, part of my job for the listeners is doing some marketing and education. I see so much stuff in the media and in the newspapers about, basically I call them quick fixes. Um, you're bombarded with all this new back pain remedies, uh, no surgery, uh, uh, lasers, um, the stretching of your body, so on and so forth. And it really becomes overwhelming for me and for the public to understand, okay, when do I go see a physician for the back pain? And take take our listeners through a course of treatment from um, when they first initially have back pain. They're taking ibuprofen, like you said, it's not doing well. Now they're going to go see someone. What is a normal course of treatment someone should go through? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Tom. And I, I think it, it varies in the patients that I see that that some people have undergone a, a, a number of, of various measures that 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 unfortunately, uh, in some cases, they've they've read about in the paper and and they went underwent it. It didn't help, and they they've done um, uh, certain uh, types of therapies for weeks at a time with zero improvement, and then uh, they come to the office and say, "Well, that's because that's." Really really not the problem that you have and you should try something different. So I, I think if that initial period of pain does not resolve after you've seen your primary care doctor uh, and uh, the pain is still there and it's still present, it's actually not a bad idea to see a specialist early on. Uh, what is the reason for that? Well, the reason for that is that, uh, you know, in, in our group, we have uh, five fellowship trained um, spine surgeons. Uh, we have uh, extensive expert uh, expertise in, in, in um, spine care, and we tend to follow a very pragmatic, well-designed um, 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 course of care. And so uh, the conservative measures, which 90% of p- patients will ultimately just undergo, are, are structured in a way that, that we've vetted things that are uh, successful, and we, and we know things that are tend to be unsuccessful. And so you're, you're, you're knowing from the very get-go of, of, that you're going to get a, a relatively standardized uh, type of care. Um, and most patients with forms uh, of things like physical therapy, and, and not all physical therapy, for example, is the same, but with, with structured physical therapy, um, often some uh, inflammatory medications, occasionally muscle relaxants, um, and, and in some cases some interventional pain things, uh, pain treatments such as uh, injections, most patients get better and don't require surgery. So uh, I think that the, the 
the misconception is that when you're seeing a, a spine expert, uh, a, a spine surgeon, uh, when you're seeing that spine surgeon, that, that ultimately sur surgery is going to be uh, recommended. And, and in most cases, uh, when you see uh, neurosurgeons at, at uh, Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists, surgery is not recommended as the first uh, uh, line of therapy. And, and, and that, I think, is, uh, is, is an important uh, point to get across. Okay, that that's uh, great information to know. Something that triggered um, a little bit of a question in my mind is you stated five fellowship trained specialists. I know that's something that I know is amazing that we have five in our own group. But for the listeners, what does that actually mean? Um, I know why you should go to a neurosurgeon for back pain. But for listeners, what does that actually mean? What is the training of a neurosurgeon? Yeah, so uh, in, in most training programs uh, these days, uh, neurosurgeons generally do spine throughout their entire uh, you know, um, training period. Um, so, uh, depending on the residency program, most residencies are uh, could be six years, some are seven years at this point. So, uh, a neurosurgeon at at at, at the very start uh, of their uh, career after residency has had seven years or six years, in the case of the shorter residency program, of spinal training. Um, and there are um, some surgeons who then, after that. Um, period of training, go into a focus year um, where they're just doing spine surgery, and they're really learning um, from experts in the field uh, to really refine the technique. Often it's learning uh, minimally invasive techniques or um, uh, 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 other techniques that were not available in the residency training program. And, and in many ways, neurosurgeons can handle every single aspect of, of spinal care. That includes uh, you know, tumors that arise on the nerves of the, uh, or tumors that arise within the spinal cord, as well as arthritis uh, and, and other bone-related problems. Because most of the symptoms, or at least a large component of the symptoms, arise from neural compression, compression of the nerves, and that's what causes the pain that radiates on your legs. Um, so I, I think that often um, it, it, it's not appreciated um, the, the, the high level of care um, in, with respect to uh, the spine that, that a neurosurgeon can deliver. So you're really exposed to spine training from the minute you start. From the training. minute you start, and, and it's throughout your entire training, um, and then uh, you know for, for the small number of people that then go on. For, and do an additional training. Um, often it's a combined orthopedic and neurosurgical, so you're getting not just those six years um, or seven years of, of neurosurgical spinal training, but then you're getting a combination of, uh, of an orthopedic spine fellowship and a neurosurgical spine uh, fellowship. So um, I think that, that there's there's a lot to be um, uh, um, derived from that kind of attention. Right. Oh, great, and I'm glad we're getting that message out. Um, we have a caller. Good morning, Joanne. This is Joanne from Morristown. Good morning, Joanne. Hi, how are you? Hi, doctor. Hi, how are you? What's Hi, your question for question. Dr. Meyer? I have a question, and I had it a little bit
Yeah, that, that, that's a great question, Joanne. And I think because uh, back pain is such a common thing, knowing when it's something to be concerned about uh, and to seek medical attention, I think starting right away, if it's something that is intermittent, uh, to your point, you get up in the morning, you kind of uh, work through your day and, and, and it starts to improve. That tends not to be something that's, that's terribly concerning. And to some extent, um, it may be a sign of, of, of you slowly developing problems within your, your lumbar spine that may, uh, in the long run, produce problems that, that don't go away. Um, you know, often when I see a patient in the office, when uh, they have intermittent symptoms that are not too troubling, ten, tend to resolve as the day goes on, um, that's, that's not someone that, that in any circumstance um, you would recommend doing uh, you know, a surgical intervention. It's when that pain becomes persistent, when that, when that pain doesn't go away, when that pain is um, really impacting the things that you want to do uh, on a day-to-day basis. Uh, you know, I have patients that, that, that avoid being in certain circumstances like uh, you know, playing with their children or their grandchildren um, or um, going shopping because they can't make it through the entire um, time uh, in, say, the supermarket because they're afraid that they're going to develop severe back pain. When your life's being right. changed that way, th- that's a time to really be concerned. When you address it. Yeah, right. and, 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 right. and, and it's, it's particularly in your case in the morning as you start to kind of move and things start to loosen up. Um, that, that to some extent is uh, consistent with arthritic pain, and it's also uh, you know worthwhile to look at the mattress that, that you have uh, and the positions that you're sleeping in to see whether or not that's contributing. Because sometimes people remember, well, if I sleep in a certain position, I know um, that that my back is going to really bother me tomorrow. Yeah, I think that's my problem a little bit. I, I like to keep a leg out, and I think it twists my body into like a like a pretzel. <laughs> <laughs> Which was okay when I was, you know, in my 30s, but, you know, maybe in my, you know, not as, not as good. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank, well, thank you. you very much. No so problem, Joanne. Nice talking to you. Thank you so much, Joanne. <laughs> thank you. Take care. Thank you. Uh, that was Joanne from our sound. Thank you so much for your call. Um, that's great. Those, that's good information for people because even, like I said, I always relate it to, uh, me when I get up in the morning. I have that back pain. I stand there for a few minutes and it does take quite a while to, to dissipate. And that's kind of what I kind of do is just get up slowly and start to move and then you kind of can assess what's going on. Um, getting back into, uh, what we were discussing about neurosurgeons, um, and, and for the listeners, I wanted to let them know that the, the, like I said, the training of a neurosurgeon does start from the beginning. So when you have that back pain and you're thinking of going to see a specialist, um, definitely uh, think about giving Dr. Myra a call um, to to become evaluated. And that's the next step into my question. Um, people are fearful when they hear the word surgery. And uh, unfortunately, our name is neurosurgery. Um, what would you say to people initially when they're so fearful of surgery? Yeah, I, I think... I, I, I I think that a healthy fear of surgery is is a reasonable thing. I, you know, I think every nobody wants wakes up in the morning and says, you know, what I want to have spinal surgery tomorrow um, or any surgery for that matter. Um, I think what uh, what most people need to know is that. First off, um, that surgery is going to be entertained only when it gets to the point, um, as Joanne um, brought out, where it's really uh, impacting her quality of life. Um, and 
Today, there are surgical options that are available um, for most spinal stenosis patients um, where they have uh, a narrowing of their spinal canal that's producing persistent symptoms that are refractory to our normal conservative measures. Um, there are a large number of patients that are amenable to a outpatient surgical procedure where they have surgery, uh, they go home four or five hours later, um, and they resume their, their normal activities within a week. And I think uh, the the thought of spine surgery often conjures up ideas of a very big spinal procedure, and um, and unfortunately, everyone knows someone who has had a, a you know a, a bad uh, experience with that. And I think it really matters that that you have a good relationship with your doctor. You have a nice long conversation with your doctor. You're personally evaluated by someone who who um, is an expert in the the area, um, and takes a look at, at you as a whole patient, not just as your MRI where you uh, see the doctor for five minutes and they've looked at your MRI and they haven't even touched you or, or actually examined you. Um, and and I, part of what uh, the decision process to proceed with surgery, part of what I really love about what I do is that's often a a long conversation where you're getting to know the patient and really understanding what their goals are uh, following surgery. It, you want You want to really understand the person and really understand what they're what they want to get out of a potential surgical procedure and often i recommend a minimally invasive procedure because somebody says well you know what the 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 back pain that i'm living with it's not so not so troubling but this leg pain is ruining my life right now right. and and that's somebody who i say well listen you have a lot of problems going on in your spine it's you know it's arthritic you you have uh, a lot of degeneration from the years but what's bothering you right now is something we can take care of and you can go home the same day right. well well the, that's listening to the patient and understanding what their goals are okay that's great information i want to touch a little bit more on that i'm going to take a quick break Break, excuse me, and we'll be right back. I'm Tom Wood of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. Suffering from neck or back pain can truly disrupt your life. Every day I hear of the stories of people whose lives have been devastated by nerve pain, but who are afraid to see a neurosurgeon. They're scared of surgery. But at Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists, we make getting back to the life you want possible using a variety of minimally invasive treatments. Our group of specialists are among the best trained doctors in the state, the leaders in stroke and minimally invasive spine and brain tumor procedures. And we view surgery as the last option. Don't be afraid to end your pain. Trust Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. We have eight offices throughout New Jersey and are affiliated with most healthcare systems. Call 973-285-7800 or visit us at ansdocs.com. That's ansdocs.com. Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. We've truly got your back. Welcome back to Answers Live. I'm your host, Tom Wood. I'm here with Dr. Scott Meyer from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialist, giving us a wonderful informational on back pain. I have another call I'm going to be taking. Good morning. This is Gloria from Denville. Gloria, you there? Yes, I'm here. I'm sorry. <laughs> Hi, how are you? Uh, you're on the air with Dr. Meyer. What question do you have for him? Okay, well, I suffer from back pain daily, and I was told that I have a bulging disc. Okay. And, um, you know, I'd like to come see you guys, but I am afraid of surgery. And I hear him talking about <laughs> surgery options now, but I wanted to see if there's, if that's my only option or what, what I need to do. 
Yeah, Gloria, I think, uh, so, you know, bulging discs, there's a lot of terminology that, that, that people hear, uh, when they have spinal problems. And, uh, you know, the disc, degenerative disc disease, uh, which can involve, um, something, uh, like a bulging disc or uh, a disc herniation, um, is, is usually part of, uh, a larger problem of degeneration within the lumbar spine. Um, wow. and, and, in and of itself, uh, most patients, I would say, uh, most patients with a disc herniation who have um, symptoms that are uh, either in their back. Now, do you have just back pain or does it radiate uh, into your it legs? It goes down to my leg a little bit, yeah. Yeah, and, and so so most people uh, who initially have those types of uh, symptoms, um, we will uh, initially uh, not even recommend surgery. So um, okay. y- usually I'll do at least six weeks of a, a structured um, uh conservative uh, treatment paradigm, including things like physical therapy, uh, non-steroidal anti-inflammatories, uh, sometimes some other medications um, b- based on the person's uh, symptoms. Um, and occasionally we'll, we'll proceed to things like epidural steroid injections where most patients can find relief, um, particularly when it's a herniated disc. Um, and we know that. And then there are the select patients that ultimately the symptoms do not resolve with those measures. And, and, and in that case, surgery is, is an right. Excellent, excellent option. Um, I think in in those patients, surgery, uh, if it's a herniated disc, often, uh, again, that falls into a realm of something where you go home typically the same day. Um, and But we don't. I don't think that if it's something that has, has not been persistent um, for, for many months, uh, it's something where we, we would even talk about uh, jumping into surgery. Okay, good. Well, you put me at ease a little bit. So now I would like to come see you all. <laughs> okay. Great, right. Gloria. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have Thank a wonderful you. day. Great show, guys. Like I have to tell you, great show. Thanks again. Thanks, Thanks so Gloria. Much. Take care now. Bye-bye now. That was Gloria from Denville. Sorry about that, everyone. Um, thank you so much, Gloria, for that call. That was a good call because um, I think a lot of people sit out there and they're thinking that I have this pain. I'm afraid. Um, and as she was as she was talking, um, let the listeners know. They can come see you when they have this back pain. I think uh, people are under the misconception that uh, neurosurgery, they just can't come see you first and foremost. Um, generally, we do like to have the MRI. We do like to have some information, and I want to get that out to patients that you can come see Dr. Meyer, but without that actual information in the picture, he'll sit with you, he'll talk to you, you can build that relationship, but he actually needs to see what's going on before he can somewhat prescribe different methods of treatment. Is that correct? Yeah, and I think the MRI, you know, part of uh, the reason why I like to have it, what we call a diagnostic study, which is something like an MRI, or in some cases for people who have a pacemaker, sometimes it's a CT myelogram. Um, But those... That's part of the education process, and I think that's part of um, what we aim to do uh, during that visit is I will often um, bring up the MRI, go through the findings, explain what's going on, show the patient on a model exactly what's going on, and, and I think then you leave with without a, not just a diagnosis of say as as Gloria had mentioned well I have a bulging disc you can actually see what that is you can understand why that's causing the symptoms that you have and I think that that helps understanding the the disease process helps you recover from it often in a way that, that doesn't re, you know require surgery people often get scared because they have pain and they wonder is this going to be something that's going to to uh last for the rest of my life is this going you know what's going on and sometimes it's just 
taking that fear away and, and explaining to someone, hey, listen, this is probably going to resolve. This is exactly what's going on. Here's your MRI. This is you know where it's happening on a spine model. Um, and this is why you're feeling the pain that you are. And often just the feeling of reassurance that comes from, from that particular visit is all a patient needs. Um, and I, I think that that fear that Oh, well, if I see a surgeon, uh, I, I visit a neurosurgeon, I'm going to be offered surgery on the first visit, I think is, is, is erroneous. And, and I think um, often all people need is that reassurance. And uh, often, in most cases, um, the person that, that I evaluate doesn't need surgery, and they often get better with other measures. Um, sometimes those, those symptoms recur, and, and over the course of years, you've developed a relationship, and the person ultimately needs surgery. But now you've developed a relationship with someone, and I think that that's absolutely crucial um, to good care. Uh, you know, seeing somebody for five minutes and, and not knowing that person, uh, is it, you're, you're not going to get the same kind of care that way. Right. And that's key when I speak to people is try to build that relationship with the neurosurgeon beforehand. So if down the road you do need it, you have that relationship built, you're comfortable with, with him. Um, briefly, if surgery is inevitable, um, I think people hear horror stories from years ago. Um, there's a lot of failed back surgeries. That's the buzzword us uh, non-physician uh, people hear. Um, what do you offer as far as the minimally invasive? ANS are, is leading the way in minimally invasive spine surgery in the state. But for our listeners, um, real quickly, what is minimally invasive spine surgery? Yeah, so uh, minimally invasive spine surgery is to some extent used uh, increasingly. And really, uh, it in some cases, uh, is just a term. Um, the idea behind minimally invasive spine surgery is... Um, Attacking the problem that is causing the symptoms that are most troubling to the patient while not um, disturbing the normal tissue that's there as best you can. Um, obviously, every surgery to some extent uh, disturbs the normal anatomy, but by taking a targeted approach, um, often through smaller incisions, um, often leaving um, most of the the native structures in position where they ought to be, um, you are able to... Uh, relieve the patient's symptoms, but at the same time not create other problems related to taking away more bone, more ligaments, more tissue um, that, that then produces chronic back problems. Um, sometimes that's that's not the best option, and I think um, seeing someone who has all options available to them is, is the best circumstance because I think the individualized care that somebody gets then from a... You know, neurosurgeon who is able to do the more uh, complex surgeries, um, but can also do the, the minimally invasive surgeries, um, you're going to get recommended what's best for you. You're not just going to get recommended what that particular person does. Right. You're going to get recommended a individualized approach. There are patients that I see that have, unfortunately, um, you know, three, four levels worth of, uh, of spinal disease where a targeted minimally invasive approach is not the best option for them. Right. There are patients that have spinal instability where um, a uh, targeted minimally invasive approach is not the best circumstance, you know, best option for them. If you do all of it, you can sit down and you can really listen to the patient and see what their goals are of care and then design a plan together to to improve their pain. Um, and I think that it all gets back to having that, you know, not treating an MRI but treating the person. Um, and minimally invasive spine, uh, you know, we have, as you mentioned, not just myself but, um, you know, some of my partners, um, you know, we've, 
we've done a large number of these procedures and it's it's um, one of the great things uh, about uh, that I really love uh, about being at ANS is uh, that we're able to uh, pull the knowledge of spine surgeons neurosurgeons uh, with with uh, and put it together into one package. If there's a case that you know uh, one of my colleagues is, is is really trying to decide what to do, um, we we talk about it. And I think the the what you're getting in that circumstance is not just one person's opinion, but you're getting five experts' opinions or right. or you know ten expert opinions. And I, I think it, it, having that in in one setting uh, is a great option for 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 patients. And that's that's great information. Um, we're getting close to the end of the show, but I wanted to let the listeners know a little bit uh, something special about you. Um, you are a fellowship trained spine specialist, but in our group you also have a little bit of a specialty that I think people need to know about, and that's the reconstruction and the scoliosis. Um, let them know a little bit uh, about that before we end the show today. Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the minimally invasive, and then there are patients that have more complex problems, and um, the degeneration process can produce uh, asymmetries within the spine, um, where, where as you lose your disc height, uh, you start to develop curvature uh, within your back. And that's often coupled with uh, problems uh, such as leg pain and, and, and back pain. Um, and uh, you can often have a slip of the spine where part of the, the spine starts to slip forward on another part of the spine. And then that in those patients, um, particularly if there's motion, uh, when when they're moving throughout their day, in those patients, just doing a simple decompression is not the best option. And often you have to take into consideration uh, the loss of alignment within the spine and realign the spine when possible. But again, attempting to do that with the, the least invasive method available. Um, and, and, and that's that's something that, that I certainly enjoy taking care of. And, and that is falls into the same paradigm of really understanding what the person's uh, interests are in terms of their desired outcome. Okay. That, that was great information. Um, before we end the show, we actually, um, I think we might have one more call. I'm not sure. Um, while they're, they're working on that, um, scoliosis, real briefly, just touch base on that and what you do for that. Yeah, so uh, if if there's an abnormal curvature of the spine, often uh, there, there can be varying degrees where we essentially are just stabilizing the spine. In some cases, we attempt to correct the curvature, um, but it really depends on the patient and what their symptoms are. Okay, we do have a call. Hold on. Hi, this is Steve from Maplewood. Good morning, Steve. Uh, good morning. Uh, I have a question for the uh, the doctor today. Um, I have uh, scoliosis in my back. Um, uh, I've been told that it's about 8% off, and I'm suffering a lot of uh, back pain. And I don't know if that's a direct result of that. And uh, I'm a 55-year-old man. I was curious as to uh, do you think treatment is uh, a good option at this time? Yeah, so I, so I, I think uh, a lot of the times with scoliosis now, I think the 8 degree is probably uh, the, the reference that they're making. Th- th- that's generally a low-grade scoliosis. Um, and now, uh, often as, as in some circumstances, scoliosis will get, uh, uh, the curvature will get, uh, will progress as you age. And in that circumstance, we often have to have uh, uh, treatment measures that, that will correct the scoliosis. Um, there are a lot of causes for back pain, and that's part of that, that uh, um, holistic approach that we take, um, is really looking at the films and really examining you and figuring out exactly what the source of that back pain is. Um, because it can be something as simple as one of the, the joints in the back that's being irritated and, and targeting that joint, often with conservative measures, um, uh, can take care of your pain. Steve, thank you. Thank you so much. I appreciate the call. Sorry about that. Thank you so very much. All right. Have a great Sunday, Steve. Thank you so much, Steve.
Um, okay, we're running out of time for today's show. I just wanted to give a couple more numbers. Again, thank you so much, Dr. Scott Meyer um, from Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. To reach Dr. Meyer, it's 973-285-7800. Dr. Meyer will be seeing patients in our newest office uh, at 350 Main Street in Bedminster, New Jersey. He also can uh, be uh, seen up in Morristown office. Um, again, thank you again, Dr. Meyer, for coming on today. Um, very exciting. I do want to bring you back because um, you're one of our guys, and I, I love to get you guys on the show. Uh, probably maybe do another show maybe on scoliosis and so on and so forth. Sure. Again, thank you, everyone, for listening, and I'll be talking to you next Sunday. Have a great day. Join us again next week for Answers Live, your community medical connection, making a partnership of good health. The preceding program was paid for by Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. The views and opinions expressed on Answers Live are not necessarily those of the staff and management of the station. Management has not investigated the claims made during this program. The views and medical recommendations of guests on Answers Live are not necessarily those of Atlantic Neurosurgical Specialists. As always, consult your health professional regarding any medical decisions.